Hi, I'm Dora from Dora Nicolau, and my drink of choice is a chai. I'm Gemma from Contently Driven, and my drink of choice is red wine. And I'm Michaela from Inspired Office, and my drink of choice is a sparkling white wine. Work Wife Wine Time supports the responsible consumption of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, awesome everyone, and welcome. It's Gemma here with you today, and I am so excited to connect you with our very special guest speaker today. We have the Tracy O'Brien from The Misfit Branding. Welcome. How are you? Hey, yeah, I'm good. Thanks so much for having me on. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm so excited. This is going to be a fun episode. I can feel it already. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) So first of all, can you please um, tell our listeners about you? Um, So what do you do with yourself? Okay. uh, Work-wise, basically, I'm a web designer um, and I design for rebellious brands. So anyone that out, doesn't fit in, fellow misfits, you know, that's who I work for. Um, and I really enjoy creating amazing digital experiences for their clients. Amazing. I love that. Um, <laughs> yes, we're we're all in uh, into misfits here in Work Wife One Time. We love, uh, we're all a little different. So it's very exciting to <laughs> have you here considering you do that in your whole brand. Like how fun is that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> live it breathe it right absolutely um well tell us a little bit about um I guess your past work life and what brought you to do what you're doing now sure so um always been super creative um pretty good artist drawing painting oil painting all that kind of stuff come from a very um structured military labor background I guess um so artists weren't real jobs, if that makes sense, back mm. then. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was actually told by a teacher that the only time you make money from art is when you die. So I'm like, well, that's fucked because I want to make money like right now. So the first job I could find that had anything to do with art was sign writing. Um, and that was back in the days when sign writing was done with uh, paint and paintbrushes, not using big digital printers and machinery and stuff like that. That's when I started my trade. When I finished my trade, hand painting was out and big machines and printers were in. So I kind of cracked the shits with that and went into graphic design. So I finished a trade in sign writing, then went to university and did a um, Bachelor of Professional Communication, which covered everything. So PR, um, communication, visual communication, which is like your graphic design, web design, um, marketing, everything. If you could have a degree that jammed all that shit together, that was the one. And it was really good. I'm so glad I did it. Um, And then I finished my, after I finished my trade, I worked at, uh, in corporate for a very long time, finished my degree. And then I thought, I don't want to do this shit anymore. So I packed everything up, moved down to Brisbane. I didn't even have a job or a house to go to. I just left (laughs) and started all over again. Um, I already had a business on the side doing some graphic design work. Um, Crazy enough, I started doing uni again in creative writing because I really liked that avenue um, and journalism. But that was also the time when journalists became 
non-existent overnight too, I might add. Yeah. So I just finished the political side of my degree, which bored the fuck out of me. And I'm thinking, what am I going to do? And then all of that journalism shit drops and I'm like, oh, fuck this, I'm wasting my time. So I just stopped and continued running my own business and then just worked for various businesses and companies until I had uh, my second child and decided to not go back to work for the man. I would, in fact, work for myself. And that's when I would like to say Misfit Branding started, but I had another shitty business called My Graphics that I loved but it incorporated all the things I thought people wanted to see from me. Very corporate facade, like, and it wasn't me at all. Like very, very uh, vanilla, I guess is the word to use. Um, and then I, I did a design business boot camp and realized that I was wasting my time doing this, you know, trying to work for everyone and went into um, Misfit Branding and and sort of focus more on the digital design because it just moves quickly. And I like that. I like the fast paced world of digital and you've got to keep up with it all the time and you're constantly learning. Um, and I think that fed my creative side as well as my thirst for learning as much as I could, you know? So yeah, then Misfit Branding happened. I think it's about three years now since that's been going. Love it. I'm so for me, I'm almost excited to meet someone that's in a similar position to me. And I don't know if it's our age, but I was <laughs> I was very much the same. Like I totally get the journalism thing. I have a media background. Yeah. I was in corporate media for yeah. years, right? So yep. I totally get that. But for me, my yep. first degree was advertising, right? And I yep. started in newspapers. We can imagine how that ended. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, we all know how that's going. Right. You know, so that job doesn't exist anymore. Then I went to radio and that job doesn't exist anymore. Then I was in television and that doesn't exist anymore. Right. And it's the yeah. same for journalism. Yeah. It's it's just so interesting how that happens. Like it for us in within our industry, just to see the change in a span of what, 10 years? Less. Like yeah unreal yeah like I mean my trade in sign writing was four years like I did it in about three mm -hmm. I think mm. in three years overnight mm. the sign world just turned upside down it was just insane and like I think um a lot of ego was what pushed me out was because well I'm not special anymore because anyone can buy a freaking computer and a printer and print shit and call themselves a sign writer like I got really jaded by it all um, ironically, I married a man that sells and maintains those printers that took so many sign writers' jobs. But when we have a few drinks, I remind him what he's doing to our industry. <laughs> <laughs> he loves it. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I'm <laughs> that that makes me really curious though, because have you ever felt that? like doing branding and as a designer because I know as a copywriter it's the same mm. thing. Everyone's a copywriter now, right? Oh, you know. Aren't they? Aren't they? Right. I was at a, at a course a while ago where they're like, if you don't know what to write, just find your competitor's website and copy theirs. And I'm like, what now? <laughs> I kid you not. Yeah, it, it wasn't good. No And it's no way. different with design. People follow, like they'll see your designs and, go, and they'll just copy it straight up but 
yeah, the like Misfit Branding was the name um, because I was going to go right into branding hardcore. Um, and I did, but I found that my, I, I just probably wasn't reaching my target audience properly, but no one understood what branding was. Mm. So they'd say, I want you to do a logo. And I'm like, yeah, no worries. Do you want all this other stuff with it? And they're like, no, we don't want that. And then five months later, I come back to me and like, oh, we got these shirts done and we got this done and we got that done. I'm like, why the fuck didn't you tell me? We could have done all this shit at the get-go and you could have a massive journal that tells everyone, you know, you can go to your sign writer, you can go to your printer or whatever and get all this stuff done. Um, but I, I don't know. It was probably my own shit explanation of what I was doing. And then with COVID and everything going so um, digital very quickly, I thought I yeah. have to jump on that. Um, and the branding's coming back, but I'm sort of doing a lot more digital branding. Like I was talking to an SEO guy uh, last week and he's like, there's no one in your space. No one's doing the digital side of branding. Like they're, they're doing the paper branding still or they're doing websites, but they're not calling it branding. And I'm mm. like, yeah, right. I'll hang on to that then. <laughs> Yeah, so that's <laughs> yeah, um, that's really interesting, actually. Um, yeah. I love it. Well, it's yeah. like it's designing. Like when you design websites, you're either designing from a developer's point of view or a designer, uh-huh. and then you've got to somehow mash that shit together and make it work. Yeah. So if you can do both, it works because you understand how important the visual element is to the designer, mm. and from the developer's point of view, you know that sometimes you just can't make that shit work and you've got to figure out a workaround, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Sure. Love it. Well, I guess uh, moving into why we're we're here and we've come together today, (laughs) uh, something very dear to my heart and yours as well, so it was like an instant um, love connection. I'm just going to put it out there just so you know I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Quick, run away. But it's the mullet, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it's a call, it's totally the mullet. It's a mullet and then the shaved yeah, head, I right? <laughs> I know, it's matchy matchy. <laughs> but we're here to discuss about corporate facades and yes. why they don't work, but being uniquely you does, right? And I'm yep. so excited. Uh to to start us off, tell us about corporate facade and what that is. To you what do you mean by that so from my experience of it I went from a sign writing apprentice so you can imagine what I was wearing the you know still cap boots the bloody work shirts the whole tradie thing that's what we wore but then as I got into management um, I was told and expected to dress differently um, and I was the only girl in my section too so that was a bit of an issue um, so I did. I started to dress a little bit nicer and then a little bit nicer. And then all of a sudden I'm, you know, shopping for these ridiculous clothes that feel awful to wear. Like I didn't like them. They were constrictive. They weren't me. They were boring. I almost felt depressed putting them on, but that was what I had to look like to fit in, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. As fit in as, as well as I would ever fit in somewhere. Like obviously my mouth does not stop so there's that but I had to wear clothes to a certain point and I did that and I carried it on and then you know I get told in meetings be quiet don't say that you can't swear you know you've got to be more professional I'm like what is more professional I know my shit better than anyone else here it Mm -hmm. doesn't matter how I deliver the content you know I could be an awkward weirdo sitting in the corner not saying anything or I could speak up because I'm passionate about what I do 
So you're constantly put back in your box, told to be quiet. And then, you know, the names of, you know, that bitch, that big titted bitch, you're a bitch because you stand up for yourself, all those around you. So you kind of over time without knowing it, get beaten down and down and down into this little box that you're supposed to fit into. Mm-hmm. And then one day you sort of go, fuck this shit. I'm either going to have a nervous breakdown or I'm going to go do something about it. And I'm not the sort of person that would ever have a nervous breakdown because I will just get on with shit no matter what. So I kind of just left, like just left, <laughs> left the job that I had for like seven years, yeah. left security, left yeah. everything, just left. Um, started working for myself. That was all good. Um, but I think my real awakening was going from the facade into um, what I am now was doing basically this course that I did talk, talking about being uniquely you and, um, you know, niching down on on your client base. Who are you talking to? Well, I'm doing, you know, all this stuff for trades and services that talk like I talk, you know. If I've got a plumber that comes and does work around the house, it's good. Hey, mate, how you going? Yeah, good. How, how about that fucking rain? You know, like that's how we talk. So I'm like, all right, all right. So I started pushing more and more of my personality out into everything I did. Um, it absolutely horrified my husband because he's still on that bandwagon of how he has to look and talk and dress of the corporate world. He still lives in that. And I'm like, nah, fuck this shit. And I tell you what, I've never had so much work. So like as soon as I changed from trying to be someone I wasn't, into someone that I was with the skills that I have, it was just a complete 180. Fascinating, isn't it? Because we spend so much yep. time thinking we need to be X, Y, Z, but the opposite is true. And when when I first started my business, I guess I took my corporate facade with me because I thought yeah. that's, you know, um, what will work and what I should do, Right. It wasn't <laughs> just yeah when when you're able to be yourself everything does change and oh yeah and yeah I just I can't relate more for when you said how you just get beaten down you know and I mm. to a point where I just didn't even open my, my mouth anymore I didn't bother I didn't bother. I let myself be bullied, uh, all of it, because I just gave up, you know. Yeah, and you I do. was the, I was the same at the start. I'm like, all right, you know, I had all these ideas and everything was all exciting. I'm like, oh, my God, wow, look, you know, I'm in a real job. Like, I'm a real boy type situation, yeah. like a yeah, yeah. Like Pinocchio, right? Yeah. And, yep. oh, my goodness, the dead opposite of that is what they wanted, and I couldn't believe it. Mm. I'm like, what? Yeah. What? What's happening? I'm just what? You know, and I I just gave up. And yeah. It was just one thing after the other. Like, you know, shut your mouth, do this, do that, you know, blend in. I'm like, I don't understand. Don't we want someone to come in with ideas and try new things and do this and do that? And what's wrong with my ideas? And oh sorry, what? I'm not the boss's cousin's dog's best friend. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yep. Oh, and I was exactly the same. I just, I, I gave up and I completely lost myself. I really, yeah, really did. Yep. 
I found that um, I think the big game changer for me was I've always been passionate with anything I do. Like if I'm all in, I'm all in. There's no yes. like half ass in it or let's do this and then go to the next thing. It's like I'm doing this and I'm going to do it, you know, as best as I can or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I started hating my job, like hating what I worked so freaking hard to get. And everyone yep. around me is like, oh, yay, you finally made it to this management position. Do you feel good? And I'm like, that's nah, kind of shit. Um, mm-hmm. I'm missing out on time with my daughter, which to me is pretty important. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, yeah, kids grow up so fast. But I was like a single mum. So I was her only, like, obviously she's got a dad, but she didn't see him that often. So I was her main caregiver. Um, and I was working six days a week, a lot, you know, poor little girl. <laughs> she's fine now. She's doing year 12. I haven't given her anxiety at all. <laughs> but, you know, it's and like to the point that when I first got that job, I didn't tell them I had a child or that I was a single parent because I knew that would go against me getting the job. And sadly, if I had of, I wouldn't have got that job. I would have stayed where I was. And it wasn't until about six months later that I had to take leave because she was sick or something. And they're like, you're who's sick? And I said, oh, my daughter. Oh, we didn't know you had a daughter. Yeah, I know. I didn't tell you, you know, too late. Wow. Got the job now. <laughs> but that's how it was. That's how bad it was, you know. Um, yeah. And any woman in our area would was too scared to take like maternity leave and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, it, it was kind of... Um, yeah, like, you know, that beating down period, when it beats you down to the point that you don't love what you do and you've lost complete sight and focus of why you were there in the first place, mm-hmm. you've got to just get out. Like, you've got to go somewhere else and do something else. Like, go to fucking Woolies and be a checkout chick if it makes you happy, but do something else because then you become, you, if you don't, you become this cynical, twisted yeah. person that lives in this horrible world that, you know, you're like, trying to hold a facade up is, is hard work you know yeah. like trying to hold that persona all day and being in media your days wouldn't have been an eight-hour day they would have been really long and into the night you know uh, and yeah. you can't hold that up <laughs> all the time you know it's exhausting it is exhausting and yeah I, I totally agree with you there it's it's what you were so excited to do and then you know, your world came shuttering down because you're like, yeah, none of this is what I thought it would be. And it, it, it is. Yeah. It's, it's, and you do, you overexhaust yourself trying to be someone that you're not to, in the hope yeah. that you'll fit in when you don't anyway, right? You, you know, like no matter what. Yep. Yeah. No matter what you did, it's so, it's so interesting. But I'm curious when, what was your, did you have a moment? A, a defining moment or anything that you decided, right, that's it, I'm dropping that? I think um, it was definitely around the time that Queensland government were amalgamating all their councils. So I worked for local government but at a federal level and the council that I worked in was um, was pretty good and they, like, I mean, it was hard but it was, they did all their work in-house. So they had their own sign writers, their own painters, carpenters, you know. And the council that we're amalgamating with um, didn't. They contracted everything and were notorious for being pretty shit. So, of course, all of us were kind of like, oh, God, you know, how's this going to go for us? And I had to reapply for my position and the staff under me so many times 
that it was so not only was I trying to do the work which we were already doing six hour days because we were smashed we had so much to do um, I then had to justify our positions budget wise um, effectiveness wise you know like coming like so you're trying to do the work and then trying to prove your own existence is like fuck this shit so I basically set it up so my second in charge could walk straight into my seat and run it without any hassle and I got him to a point that he could do that and I just left because it was just unfair and it got to a point where um you know he his position was solid like he didn't have to keep doing what I had to do but I couldn't leave it I've never been able to leave somewhere undone like I've got to finish on my terms and my terms were getting this running properly handing it over to someone else and then leaving and that's that was it for that side of things but my probably aha moment with um going from my graphics misfit branding so I went from the vanilla design studio to misfit branding was I didn't talk about myself as an agency or a studio it was just me so that was the first thing which a lot of designers do and it cracks me the fuck up because they're like we do this and we do that we don't do shit it's just you you know um and I was honest about that and I I got on my socials and I swore and I was just me and I shared family personal photos and probably overshared way too much shit um but it connected with so many people so many people and then we left the area when we're in the area we are now and I think within the first couple of months I moved here, I got a job with a really, like, got a contract for a really big company um, just because they liked how I talked on one of my social media posts. You know, I, I didn't talk down to people about websites. I was like, you know, you're fucking sick of your website breaking all the time or whatever, you know, on that sort of level. So that human to human level. So the, I guess the more um, <laughs> comments and emails and inquiries I got, the more confident I got to just, let it go and just be me and mm. pretty much what you see now is what you get and there's no um hiding stuff and if I ever go quiet on my socials you know I'm either planning something big or I'm on a downward spiral to hell and I'll eventually get out of it and come right back again <laughs> so good to know <laughs> that's basic, yeah at the moment I'm, I'm leveling up so I'm becoming an nice. agency I'm becoming the we and not an I nice um, because that's that's what I want to do yes um it's been in the plan for ages but I'm like I'm gonna build an agency and then done fucking nothing about it I did that for three years so I'm like you know what you gotta do it this time <laughs> it's time for the way you've got this <laughs> it's time for the way and now I've got to try and find other misfits out there to um help me run this bitch because it's going to be a beast when it's up and running <laughs> Absolutely. Love it. And I'm, I'm also really curious because I remember when last time when we uh, chatted over on your um, chew the, chew the fat. Um, yeah. Chew the fat. Yeah. You, you did say that you also pissed a lot of people off when you, uh, you know, went over and did, well, did. when you, when you just, were yourself right so tell me about that who were the people you pissed off there probably my husband the most um (laughs) and that's not not unusual in this house I generally piss him off the most (laughs) um I guess for him it was a bit of um 
I think he was embarrassed, to be honest. Like, mm. and I don't mean that in a, any kind of bad way towards him or me. It was just that I think he had this professional, well, he has this professional facade, and here I am beating the walls down with my misfit hammer going, ha bitches. Um, so I think he was probably the first one to go, I don't know about this. Um, and some family members were not really okay with it either. Um, and I've never been a fan of caring what other people think. So I just went on with it anyway. Um, I did have a few professional colleagues go, what the fuck, man, you can't, you can't do this shit. And like, they were genuinely concerned that I would have no work. And the way that I set up my website and I put all my knowledge together and tried to build a killer fucking site, it brought in so much work. So I was doing something right, you know, and these naysayers, I was like, well, you're still jumping on all the, the Facebook groups that go, I need a designer going, oh, pick me, pick me. You know, you're still doing that. I'm not doing that. I, haven't, I don't even look in those groups anymore because I've got inquiries coming through my site. And 99% of the comments are about the swearing. <laughs> like I knew you were a web designer for me when you said fuck this shit. And the second one was basically I write how I talk, which, you know, um, was frowned upon many years ago. But that works quite well for web copy. So it's attracting mm-hmm. the kind of people I want to work with. Don't I know it. <laughs> and, and it pushes the ones you don't want to work with so far away. They're not even going to peek in the inbox. They're just like, fuck her, I'm out. Yeah. And that just divides, divides your clients so well. <laughs> Totally right. And I'm so curious, Tommy, was, was, I guess, was was that your plan, right? You're like, I'm going to be myself and all of this is going to happen. But not, like for me, you don't plan that, oh, I'm going to be myself and that's what's going to work. It just happened, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me about that. I'm like, I don't know if you see my website, but it's covered in all things I love and mainly carrots like this big guy here, big calm cocky, who is in my logo, um, Misfit Branding, so there's a little cocky at the end of it. Um, Calm cockatoos I love. I think they're amazing. They're the only cockatoo that uses instruments to make music. They're pretty cool. They're almost endangered in Australia um, Mm. and all my branding colours and everything come from them. So I'm a massive parrot fan. I've got two that are normally sitting on my shoulder that I've kicked outside at the moment so they're not happy. Um, And I just put everything I love (laughs) into my website, all my socials and all the things I do because I just wanted to share it with the world. Like, hey, I'm a web designer, but fucking check out this shit, you know, like this parrot's amazing or this thing's amazing. Like sitting at my computer yesterday and one of the horses walked past. So I've taken a photo, like this is my view from my office. Like he's just walked past because they figured out this is where the office is. So they like to eat around the area. Oh, so I they saw that, yeah. you and all, Also remind you they haven't been fed every hour on the hour, you know, because they're starving animals. But um, <laughs> no, there was never any attention of like, I'm going to bring in all these people because I'm awesome. There was none of that. It was just like, I'm going to drop the mask. And that was essentially it. I'm just going to have no filter. There is some filter still there, I have to say, because if there wasn't, I would probably have less clients. So there's a, a filter to a point that I know I'm stepping over the line, right? Um, but not to the point where I'm not me, not where it compromises who I am or what I'd say or what I stand for, or any of those kind of things. Mm. 
And I was always very, like when you're on that corporate side, you sit on your fence with so much stuff, you know, like anything. You couldn't have an opinion about it because it automatically pigeonholed you into a, oh, you're one of those people or you're one of those people. And, mm-hmm. and that was something I really struggled with. I don't like that. Um, so I kept my opinion very close to my chest for a long time. And um, I don't now. And I haven't, like I have people that disagree with me, but it's in a respectful kind of way. You know, like I get what you're saying. I'm not, I don't do that or I don't like that or whatever, but yeah, cool. You know, or they just keep scrolling. So I haven't had anyone go, you can't say that or you're terrible or any of those things, you know, mainly because they probably see that I do like to shame people out that pick on me or try and troll on me online. (laughs) I will make that shit public because I find it funny. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you sometimes you feel like you can't have an opinion because you've been push down into that box because uh-huh. people react. Yeah. So let yeah. them react. Yeah. I'm like, I'm super curious because for me, I was almost two different people. It was like, I was like Gemma yeah. and then I was business Gemma and we were two completely different people. Yep. That was exhausting. Yep. Like, yeah. Exhausting. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. curious what changed for you in the ways of, energy levels or mental health or whatever like did you feel an actual shift in yourself when you could just let it all go yes and no um I must say business Tracy was a fucking organized like a queen and misfit <laughs> Tracy's a bit of a hot mess yeah. but <laughs> she's starting to get her shit together <laughs> I, um I I could organize shit down to the last second of what was happening in your day. And I felt like the process of going from that person to who I am now, I had to let it all go. Um, I have OCD. So for me to let that go is really fucking hard. And I've got to work on it every day to just stop it. My natural um, ability to plan and get all that shit scheduled is second to none, you know, so to fight that was pretty rough but I had to use my mental powers in other areas if that makes sense so um, to allow my creativity to come out properly I had to let that go so I had to just go fuck it it'll be fine don't worry about it let it go just get this shit done and do your creative side and you'll be fine there was a a lot of other stuff going on at the time too though like I'd had my son which was my second born child and then um, very quickly later we had another son and um, I got postnatal depression with him. So that was pretty rough. I'd never actually had any kind of depression before and I didn't understand it. Like I I know people that have it, um, people talk about it, but until you've had something to do with it, you really have no idea. And um, that was really rough navigating those waters. So, you know, I'm trying to build my business and have these two little babies and battling that was pretty rough. And um, then the OCD kicks in as well. So it was it was a bit fucking hard for a while. But as those little babies started growing up and you get a little bit more freedom, not a lot, but a little bit more freedom to do what you want to do, um, I got to really work on my business and my stuff, which made me passionate. And it helped me find me again, which all mums, I think, go through. Um, you go through a period of like, you know, you're just cleaning nappies and feeding and you've got this whole schedule in your head of somebody else's life you know and yours and work and I was kind of got to the point where the kids could go in childcare, and I was working more on me and I had a real passion for it so mental health wise um 
it really helped me out of that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and, and then having that time to actually think for myself and do the work was even better again. So, um, yeah, I worked really hard to get that all done and, and it's sort of the rest is history, I guess. Love it. And what what's one tip? Like if you could give one tip to other business owners or who may potentially be holding onto a facade or putting one on or even anyone listening that's still within corporate or government world thinking about this, what's, yeah. what's one tip you could give them? Just do it. Like I hate to be a Nike ambassador, but just <laughs> fucking do it. Um, you'll never look back. You'll never go, oh, geez, I really wish I kept that soul-depressing fucking job. You're never going to do that, you know. If you truly love and are passionate about what you do, you'll you'll make it happen. You know, it'll happen. And there is a tribe of weirdos out there just like you, right? We're all we're all fucking weird. Mm-hmm. It's just finding the people that you can tolerate in your little weird world. So what I mean by that is you'll find your audience, you know, you'll find the right people that you want to share your messages with that will listen and learn and grow with you. And then you'll find the ones that sit in their corner and point and laugh and do whatever and fuck them. Who cares? You know, what do you got to lose? Yeah, totally. Exactly right. And yeah, I, I think with that, we spend so much time worrying about, you know, what's this person going to say? And this person will hate me. Cool. Whatever. So many will love you as well. And why do you want the people around that are judging and are hating anyway? Like they're the ones you don't want yeah. around. <laughs> you know? I don't, I don't know what it is about me, but I've never given a fuck about what other people think about me because that's their, I can't change that. You know what I mean? Like why, why would you try and change their perspective of you? Um, so, you know, if I've created a logo that someone doesn't like and it really upsets them and they tell me they don't like it, I'm like, fucking okay, calm down, Karen, you know, like, but the client I did it for loves it. So that's all that matters to me. Um, and it sounds counterproductive, but it's not in other ways. Like I, obviously I did care when I was working in the corporate world because one, because you're young, right? Now, at that tender age of 20 and you think you know it fucking all, and yes, I was one of those people. Um, mind you, I had a shit ton of experience too, so I wasn't just a gobby 20-year-old. I could I could back up what I was saying. Um, you want to fit in. You want to make it work. You want to be um, successful. You want to climb the ladder. You want all these things, so you'll, you will actually care about what other people say. And, and yeah, you're right. Maybe it is an age thing, right? Because as I've got older, like I haven't cared about other aspects of my life, um, like how I dress, all that kind of stuff. I don't really care what people think about that, you know. But then when, when you get older and, and I started Misfit Branding, I, was, I really didn't give a fuck about everyone else. And it's wasted space in your mind, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're better off putting sure. something else in there that, that's positive and yeah like you said having those people around you that are nice and yeah want to support you and want to see you thrive and genuinely want to see you grow yeah absolutely and I I was the same you know like Gemma didn't really care I've never cared what people thought but business Gemma was all like oh Oh, oh, yeah yeah. (laughs) yep yeah yeah 
it's definitely definitely an age thing with that and I think it's probably hard for anyone that is young and coming into any kind of industry that you feel like you've got to fit in as well yeah totally but things are changing too like even jobs now like there's no nine to five anymore that's long gone you know there's split shifts there's you know three different jobs casual jobs there's you know people working for themselves I don't think there's ever been so many you know going out and doing their own thing so you know if you're still sitting in that boring ass corporate job look around you look at what everyone else is doing because you know they're they're moving Mm, absolutely love it and tell us finally I guess where can our listeners find you if they I'm fucking everywhere (laughs) (laughs) Uh uh-oh all right, so my website is misfitbranding.com and I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. I was on Twitter, but I got the shits because it bores me. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn, but that also bores me. I'm just on it because I feel like I have to be. Um, I am on Pinterest, but pay no attention because, again, it bores the fuck out of me. But I get a lot of views on there, so I just keep the account going. I'm probably most active on TikTok and Instagram. Um, I love TikTok so much. You will find probably nothing helpful there at all. It's just generally me doing dumb shit, something with the animals or something around the property. Um, But that's all part of being a misfit, right? It's like showing you into my weird little world that I have. Um, Yeah, that's about it. (laughs) So many places. (laughs) I am a digital nomad. I'm everywhere. Yeah, love it. And finally, tell us about your love for animals because I'm I'm a massive animal lover myself oh. and I think that's what I got super excited about when I first saw your website. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> yes, yes, it's got all the things. Yeah. Um, that's probably started since childhood. It's been around since childhood and I was really fortunate. I grew up on a place called Boyne Island which is near Gladstone on Queensland coast. Um, and we're very fortunate to live on the ocean, essentially. So we were out mm. all the time, fishing, swimming, um, camping, all the things. And I was also very lucky to get a horse when I was about 13. So I learned how to ride and um, she was a complete psychopath, but I survived and had probably the best 10 years of my life learning and competing and just having fun. But I was, I'm fortunate to have a mum that was very nurturing and always been inquisitive about nature and how things work and and how animals are so I've always had pets um even if mum didn't know about them I've always had pets (laughs) and the ones she didn't know about were like frogs and lizards and all that kind of I love my amphibians and snakes and all that all the things like yeah there's seriously nothing I don't like except koalas I find them weird and they smell I just don't like them at all um but I love parrots I've got two I know it's wrong isn't it I'm Australian I should love them I fucking don't they are weird and they have STDs all the time like what's with that um I've got two parrots I've got Dexter who's an Alexandrine I've had him for eight years he's eight years old and Chico who's a psychotic little um crimson belly conya I've got two horses, two Andalusians, Thor and Zeus. They're beautiful, beautiful big boys. Um, Mavis, my beautiful big Tibetan Mastiff, 
and Ralphie, our uh, Marima, the two dogs. I think we've got about 30 chooks. We've got turkeys, we've got geese, and I think that's all one cat called Heisenberg. <laughs> right, and is, does Heisenberg have anything to do with quantum mechanics there or it's just a... Look, yeah. Heisenberg just yeah. does what he's got to do for the family, all right, and we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Interesting. He's our he's our plan B. You know, if my business and my husband's business goes to shit, it's probably going to be a bit Heisenberg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. So brilliant, and I I love that you love birds. I'm a bird lover too. Always have been. Hasn't always worked in my favour. Also being a cat lover. Actually, and just before we leave, tell us what does collaboration over competition mean for you. This is a really good question. Um, I learned this in my early days when I started out as a sign writer. Um, the town that I did sign writing in had, I think, 22 sign writers and it was a small town. So it's like, what the heck? And everyone was vicious with each other. You know, everyone was like full competition. And I remember sitting there thinking, why? Like where we were was not isolated, but it was hard to get stuff there. So why not share your resources, you know? Anyway, kind of long story short, the guy I did my apprenticeship through needed ink for his printer. And where I worked, we had ink. So I'm like, here you go. Helped him out. And then our machine was down for whatever reason. So he's like, printed the stuff I needed. Next minute, somebody else needs something. And there was about three or four of us that were helping each other out, which was like very unheard of in this, this place. And then as my business grew, I stopped seeing people around me as competition and started seeing them as people that could either help me or I could help them. Um, especially in the world that we're in, like there seems to be a sea of designers and graphic designers and web designers. I'm not threatened by the designer down the street because, you know, they could have a completely different niche to me. And I realised that there is way, there's like enough work for all of us, really. So to get ahead, to help yourself and to benefit yourself and your fellow designers or whatever field you're in, it definitely makes sense to be helping each other out. And, you know, like getting a client in, you might not do their work, but you go, oh, hey, I've got um, Gemma down the road. She does that. She's really good. Here's some details. So essentially you've helped that client without actually doing work for them and you've sent your business mate a contact. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. And that's a wrap. So as always, or you kick-ass women, fellow workwives, remember you're not alone. We're all misfits in our own way and collaboration is power. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you enjoyed it, hit subscribe. If you'd like to learn more, then check out our website, www.workwifewinetime.com.au. While you're there, jump on our mailing list to receive special updates and offers from our guests. Until next time... Take care and drink responsibly.